You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. Ben Bogan, all the way from the West Coast. Ben is currently in the cast of Frozen, where he's the Olaf understudy, Duke Wesselton understudy, and also in the ensemble. We chatted with Ben in our new awesome amazing studio here with our partnership with broadway podcast network we had a great chat we hope that you enjoy it and if you do please rate subscribe leave a comment would be greatly appreciated once again ben bogan it's me roscoe built for the stage podcast all right ben bogan hey hi <laughs> good, to, good to see you good to meet you in person you too you know just slid into your dm there see if you'd be interested in coming to build for the stage podcast and here you are yeah it's, it sounds like a very cool way to spend a day off so i was like of course happy it, to come in and do so yeah nice to be on 53rd street with this beautiful view here totally so let's get to know you a little bit if you were like if you could choose to be an animal what kind of animal do you think you'd be I really liked tigers when I was younger. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I think everyone in school had a favorite animal, and so I was like, I gotta choose one. Was um, it was it like a subliminal message from Frosted Flakes? Maybe Tony the Tiger, Jungle Book. You know, I could never really. I think I just. I think it was all the phrase "I the tiger" always really <laughs> like really meant something to me because I. Uh, they would play that song sometimes when I did martial arts growing up. We had a really cool sensei who would sometimes have us learn uh, karate kata forms, which are sort of like a series of movements. It's almost like dance, actually. I think I'm a good dancer because I did karate. And he would play Eye of the Tiger sometimes <laughs> as we would do it. And you felt like a badass because you're doing these karate moves. Um, and so, I don't know. I think the animal always just kind of really spoke to me for many reasons. Because yeah, bravery and like, you know 
all that. Just so you know, Ben, before everyone listening, before we were talking, we were talking about Ben doing podcasts and the interview and things getting edited out. That, my friend, is not getting edited out, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be full blast on this episode, all right? Um, cool. So, yeah. So, Eye of the Tiger. Any any other deeper relationship with Eye of the Tiger? Like Rocky? Are you, are you Were you a Rocky kind of guy when you were uh, growing up being a martial not, artist? Not so much the movie or anything like that, but... Um... Karate Kid, but my dad and I, my dad and I did karate together, and so, um, so I think very much just like learning how to spar and learning how to uh, defend myself was a big part of growing mm. up, especially just like being a kid and feeling like I was afraid of being bullied and stuff. So, um, just sort of that whole symbolism, I think, of uh, you know, not letting not letting the fear of like being made fun of as a kid stop me from feeling like I could be tough and strong when I didn't always feel like, you know the toughest kid, especially because I was, you know, dancing around, mm -hmm. making my friends act out musicals that I would write at recess. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I didn't always feel like, you know, the most sporty, tough kid. So yeah. weirdly enough, karate was like the one place where I felt like a badass for an hour. What musicals would you put on during recess? You, I mean, you, I would like would... write my own. Oh, so you were like, I wrote my original. own scripts. Oh. I mean, they would always be like spoofs. They would. Can be, you like... remember it? Any of them? <sighs> like, I think I, I think I made everyone at recess who was willing to at least, which is usually the girls, not the boys. Um, I, I think I sort of wrote like my own version of like Cinderella, but set it in the fifties because I was obsessed with the fifties because I did like a theater camp show. Uh, this is literally the silliest thing you're about to hear. I did a theater camp show um, where it was basically Greece, but like for nine-year-olds. And the guy writing it who like ran the theater program called it Lard instead of Greece. And we were all like pigs, but we were like greaser pigs. So we were like, wear the black leather jackets and the jeans and the converse, but you'd have like pig ears. Oh my. And all the songs in the show were like jokes about like, pigs i don't know it was like so silly but i remember being like instead of danny zuko my character's name was danny zucalardo and i remember being like i'm the coolest kid alive like i'm playing the lead in this and it inspired me to like write my own like spoof like knockoff takeoffs on kind of fairy tales and stuff and then i would assign everyone roles at recess and then like do it you can't make this stuff up no i really think that i was <laughs> destined to do this from the time i was eight that's um, that's beautiful but i think it's why i also like think about like the other side of everything like the creative team side mm -hmm. um and that's been an interesting lesson uh, just being a performer and being in this business and kind of like being able to see what the overall picture is from the other side of the creative team and like wanting to give your input and having ideas but then also knowing when it's your place to like not yeah, give yeah. your input even when internally you think like well maybe this this should be staged like this or maybe like blah, blah, you want to voice yeah. your opinion which is why i love like being a part of the um creation of stuff like i do a lot of pre-production assistance for um various shows where you you know the choreographer wants your input and your ideas and i sort of love being in the room where everything is sort of made up for the first time mm -hmm. um, as well as you know being a performer yeah yeah it's right. a long answer to whatever no, no, we just were no. talking about no 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 um <laughs> so right now you're with frozen yeah, um, I've, I've been on and off uh, for the past year, actually, as a, uh, like in about a month. It'll have been a year since I got the initial offer. Um, I started uh, as a medical leave replacement for one of the guys in the show was having meniscus surgery. And so he was going to be out on medical leave for 14 weeks. Um, so I was his ensemble part full time. 
um, like eight shows a week uh, into the ensemble and then took over his cover positions as well, which was understudying Olaf and Duke Wesselton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was done. And then I went and did another, did another gig. And then another guy in the ensemble who ironically covered those same two principles broke his hand or his, his wrist or something um, on a set piece and was out for another month. So then I was back in immediately learning a new track. Um, while still understudying the same thing. So I did that for a month and then I was done and then did another show and then came back and covered that first guy for two weeks while he was on a short leave. And then now I'm back for the fourth time um, while those two guys are taking turns playing Duke Wesselton um, while the Duke Wesselton is out doing another show. So I'm um, switching off um, for the next five weeks playing those various ensemble tracks and then being a second cover. Yeah. Was this your Broadway debut? Yeah, yeah, last year I um, made my Broadway debut um, in October, and uh, I had three weeks to learn essentially three roles, mm-hmm. my ensemble track and then the two understudy roles. and a, then A week for each role. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I was tracking... I was tracking Wesselton like the first week and I remember being like, wait, I'm not even playing this part. Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and that ironically was the one principal role that I did get to go on for my last week of the first round. Um, mm-hmm. I went on the very last scheduled week that I was with the company. So that was really, really surreal that I got to do that. Cool. All right, let's take a little break from the episode to talk about a really exciting partnership with Broadway Podcast Network. So Bill for the Stage podcast will now be a part of this cool thing called Broadway Podcast Network, where they collectively bring together theater and Broadway-focused podcasts and other online content. And they're formally going to launch this soon, so please be on the lookout. Go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com, and you can be notified when it all happens. So once again, that's broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Super excited. So making your Broadway debut in Frozen and making it to the Great White Way, you know, the dream per se. Do you have any moments that you look back where you made a decision that looking back on it, you're like, wow, I'm really glad that I decided to do that because that was kind of a a pivotal moment in my career or life that kind of led me to this place? Yeah. Um, I've been trying to think about the answer to that question all day, actually. And, you know, there's been so many moments in life where I'll realize, wow, if I hadn't met so and so, or if I hadn't, um, if I hadn't like gotten a no on that project, then this project would have never opened up. Like, there's so many moments that I can like, you know, pinpoint. But something that even dates back to really a long time ago that I think shaped everything was um, I was actually a saxophone, flute, and piccolo player. Um, I saw that in your resume while I was doing karate, while I was, you know studying for my bar mitzvah all this shit growing <laughs> renaissance up. man i just like really did it all my parents like never said that's too much you need to choose one they just were like okay go for it as long as you're not failing school and like whatever so i was very dedicated i was in like the county honor jazz band i was in the advanced wind ensemble as a ninth grader um and i loved it i i, I think it's the reason that i have like the musicality knowledge that i do now um when it comes to singing and learning new music but it got to a point where I couldn't really balance both and I remember my freshman year my high school like hadn't been doing musicals for 20 years because like the drama teacher and the band teacher like had a tiff and so they just like wouldn't they did only three plays I get to high school and they're starting to do musicals again because it was new band leader and I was like oh my god this is amazing I'm gonna like go in audition and play the lead and I'll be the first ninth grader to play the lead and like great that's how it's gonna go (laughs) 
And so they were doing Little Shop of Horrors. And I was like, well, I'm obviously going to play Seymour. I go and audition and I'm like, I killed it. None of these people can even sing or perform. Like, I'm going to get it. And then, of course, it like comes down to me and an upperclassman and of course he gets it and I'm devastated. I remember saying to my mom like if I can't even be like the lead in my crappy high school production how am I ever gonna make this be a thing? So I was like okay it's not meant to happen and so I was just focusing on my instruments and then ironically I had been wanting to kind of get in with like the adult regional community theater at the time but I didn't know the people in that circle and so I was like they're not going to just like put a 15 year old in their regional company and ironically I was in a teen production of Joseph and the amazing technical dream coat and I was really mad I wasn't cast as Joseph and I was like one of the brothers and I was pissed <laughs> but I got to dance and I remember the choreographer from this regional adult company came and saw this teen production and saw me dancing and they last minute had like an adult guy drop out of the show they were doing a Vita and they just called my house right after new back when you like call people's houses yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um they called our you home had the phone. answering machine right. and everything they called our home phone right after new year's and said hey we like are in desperate need of another like adult male dancer for our production of Vita. like is ben interested and i remember it was like right at this point where i was like well what do i do next because like i you know i wasn't cast as the lead in this high school production i'm playing instruments but i'm starting to realize that i'm not as happy in the pit as i am on stage and I don't know anyone involved in this like adult community theater circle of people mm -hmm. and so this was like my way in and I didn't even have to audition I had never taken a dance class <laughs> like and so I remember the first day of rehearsal it was all these adults with regular jobs just like doing theater for fun but they still all had good um you know ability to pick up choreography and stuff and I at that time was so overwhelmed and I was like I, I felt like I was the only one in the room who like didn't know the combo it was like a horror story mm -hmm. and I remember being so overwhelmed and and feeling like I didn't deserve to be there and feeling like a phony and then I went home and I practiced every day um and then after that I was like I should really start taking dance class but I look back and think what if I had been cast as that role in my high school production if I had I probably would have never realized that I want to quit band and I would have never been available to go do that first community adult regional theater company that ultimately made me go, oh, like, I love this. Because mm. we were performing at this beautiful um, facility called the Lecture Center for the Arts, um, which was this huge building in my hometown of Walnut Creek, California, where a lot of big performers actually will come through and do concerts. And um, the, the Broadway Princess Party actually is playing there right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was super funny. They're playing my hometown. Um, but so getting to perform in the Lecture Center for the Arts um, as a 15-year-old with all these adults and like, it was, it was magical. Cool. Um, yeah, so nice. that is like such a pivotal moment thinking like if that hadn't all worked out the way that it did, I don't know if I would have made the realization that I wanted to pursue this professionally, that I needed to drop band and start going full time with like dance classes and stuff so mm -hmm. that moment actually really changed everything so in fitness a lot of the time when i'm talking to people about getting started or making a comeback a lot of people will just be so much in the thick of it that it's it's hard to fathom starting or starting over or like climbing from the depths of difficulty were there any times in your career so far where you've thought to yourself like mm, i don't know if i'm gonna get out of this one yeah you know I actually had something happen to me um, not too long ago where I found myself about to get an offer for something um, that would have been a really cool opportunity 
And the director, who never even actually met me and just had seen like a video, decided to call former sources that had worked with me. And while one source was like, Ben is great, hire him. Another source said, he's great, but we, we thought he had a bit of an attitude. And that was enough to have the offer taken away. Mm. Now, this was a, a little while ago, so it could have been like, you know, the casting director wouldn't say like who said that. Yeah. But I remember sitting there in my agent's office crying my eyes out because I didn't know who was saying that or why or what small moment um, where I could have been having a bad day and just like rubbed someone the wrong way. And then that was their lasting impression of me. Mm -hmm. But all I knew was that I was about to get an offer on something and I had it taken away. And I could have taken that as like, well, now my reputation's ruined and now everyone thinks I'm terrible to work with and I should just stop auditioning or I should do something else or hide in shame or whatever. And instead I said, okay, well, I'm really young and you know, I'm still, I'm still learning how to deal with stressful situations, which you encounter a lot in this business. No one really can tell you what it's like to be in a room where maybe you have someone on the creative team who is going to be very direct and not like try to care about hurting your feelings. And you are, you as the actor are expected to be cool, calm and collected at all times, even when you encounter stressful situations, even when you're having a bad day, even when you disagree with someone, you are expected to, to just kind of take it in and remain chill about it. Mm -hmm. And so that experience taught me, okay, moving forward, I am going to be the best person to work with. And even if I disagree with something or even if I am having a bad day or if I am butting heads with someone, there is a way to deal with that situation and be the person who they go, that person's great to work with. Even during that day where it was X, Y, and Z and so-and-so was yelling at so-and-so and it was high stress, they were, they were so cool, calm, and collected about it. So I took that as a learning lesson to go, okay, so from now on, even when I'm trying to be assertive or I'm trying to um, you know, deal with stress or whatever, I'm going to always make sure that I have a smile on my face and that I am approachable and and yeah because sometimes in this business we don't even know when we come off a certain a certain way I've so frequently gotten feedback. in life <laughs> yeah I've gotten feedback from my agents sometimes being like you know um they said you did a great job but you came off unlikable in the room and I'll be like what like I, I mean I was nervous but okay and it's so hard to not take that personally because mm -hmm. you know whether they think you are x y and z is one thing but likable or unlikable you're like well, I mean, I was just going in and doing my best. Yeah. Um, but so ultimately, that whole experience like really made me kind of scared to audition again because I was like, well, who on my resume is like saying that or who did I piss off without realizing it? And I really, I let it get to me for about a week. I really didn't know how to move forward because yeah. I didn't know how that was going to affect me moving forward or if I was going to have that happen to me again. But I had to just go, you know what? As, <laughs> as corny as it is, the past is in the past. Let it go. <laughs> like and all you can do is move forward and so now I'm just like extra aware that like you know even when you are caught on a bad day in a rehearsal scenario or a or a show scenario you still have to you still have to manage to keep that inside do your job in the fitness world we would say you're remaining coachable yeah that and and yeah 
it's just a part of being a, a professional yeah. actor, right? It's just what you have to do. Yeah, and I'm glad that I learned that lesson. I mean, I only graduated college three years ago, mm. so I'm glad that I learned that relatively early on in my career, and I'm still learning that. There are still days where, you know, I mean, as actors, we're all dealing with anxiety, depression, confusion as to um, how to navigate this, what's next, um, when we're going to have our next paycheck. So we so all to have tap ups and downs. Just to interrupt you, to tap in on that, because it is such a conversation that I love to have and want to have with anyone that I can, because I feel like it's one that we don't have enough as far as the anxiety, the depression, the negative outcomes of being an actor where most likely it's gonna be a no, or most likely you're, you're, you have it and then the, it closes and then you lost it all over again and then you're climbing again and yeah. you're told no. And you almost get something and then someone you worked with for whatever reason like didn't like you, <laughs> yeah. even when you don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, on a daily basis, how do you fight anxiety or depression or how do you how do you go about your day? Is there some type of a uh, couple things that you like to do routine-wise that just like keeps you moving forward? I ask this question a lot. Um, I think everyone has their go-to thing that just like you know what this centers me and this is what I always try to do daily. I lately in the last couple of years have really really gotten into teaching a lot. I mean I've I've been working with kids since I was 13 years old. I was a, like a theater camp counselor, director, choreographer back home. Mm -hmm. I would spend my summers doing that and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um I liked being in charge and I liked <laughs> but I liked also feeling like I could inspire kids to work harder and to not just like do a crappy camp show but actually like you know, be proud of the final product. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been teaching forever, but lately I've been, now that I've done Frozen, I can do master classes that are like Frozen themed master classes or with Jersey Boys. Sometimes I'll teach Jersey Boys stuff because I spent a year on the road with um, doing that as the mm -hmm. assistant dance captain. So um, all that choreography is very much like something I can pull out of my head and teach right away. So teaching has really kind of grounded me and kept me sane and also just given me an outlet outside of doing your show eight times a week and just kind of having that repetitive um, kind of similar thing every day where that doesn't really change very much, but teaching is never the same. Your students are never the same. Um, what you choose to teach them is never the same. The questions you get asked are never the same. The energy of the room where you come to teach is always different. So like, I love the variety. I love the ability um, to inspire um, a younger generation of performers. Um, I love the fact that um, I, I constantly get this feedback and I'm always proud of it, but I always get this feedback from students like, oh my God, you just teach in a way where like, I understand the imagery that you create with the moves and it's just never made sense to me before the way it did when you taught. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten that feedback several times for various masterclasses I've taught and that always like means so much because that means that I was able to make someone's experience learning enjoyable. Yeah. To make it applicable for everyone, would it be fair to say that something that centers you or grounds you or, or fights those things like depression or anxiety is just helping others? Yeah. Because teaching, essentially, it's, it's to the core, it's helping others. Yeah, and those students look at you like, wow, I just want to be doing what he's doing. And then you're reminded, oh yeah, like there was a point in my life where I would have given anything to be where I am right now. And that's just a, a nice reminder, especially... I am so guilty of getting caught up in like, well, I'm doing this right now, but like, you know, when am I going to get to play a role of my own? Or when am I going to, you know, be in my own original Broadway cast or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, I'm always sort of thinking like, well, I'm doing this. Yeah, like I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. But but I want to be doing this. Or we're, we're, I mean, everyone is so guilty of like 
kind of thinking onto the next thing, onto the next thing, having future goals. And I think that's what drives us and motivates us. But at the same time, it can easily cause you to get frustrated with where you are currently. And teaching just always reminds me to kind of remain where I am in the moment and realize that I'm doing okay and that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always just like a really beautiful reminder. And um, and and just the students look at you like you're the coolest person ever because like I remember when someone from Broadway was teaching me when I was a kid and a teen and I would be like, oh my God, like I would be starstruck. I would be starstruck by them. So it's just like such a full circle moment when I get to teach these masterclasses and feel like I have something to share that is valuable and inspiring, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, you talked about not being complacent in where you are. You having been in Frozen for a year now, almost a year? On and off, yeah. On, yeah, on and off, sorry. What, what are some things that you are aspiring to do maybe after Frozen? Or like, how, how are you, the question being, how are you actively working towards the future while remaining in the present of Frozen? Well, you know, it's pretty interesting because um, I think it is easy to be in a long running show and then go, I'm set. I don't need to keep um, auditioning or I or you can or or keep, you know, advocating for yourself and being proactive. I'm someone who really likes to audition. I I like um, I like, you know, keeping that muscle strong. Uh, It's so easy to um, lose it. Like when I was on tour for, uh, for a year and then I came back. I was so nervous going into rooms because I hadn't done it in a year. And I was just doing one show all the time. It was my full-time job traveling. I was assistant dance captain in Jersey Boys. I understudied three tracks, Joe Pesci, Bob Crew, and then I was basically the alternate for Frankie Valley because we didn't have a two-show um, Frankie. We just had the main guy and then we had two covers and I was the offstage swing. So I was the first one to go on always. Um, I was, And so that was like all I did all year. and. That was the only way I sang all year. So it was just a very specific style of singing. And so when I came back to New York, I suddenly, like new material scared me and I was coming in the room like shaking and I and I just didn't know how to be myself. And so I now am someone who, even when I am in a show and now that I'm lucky enough to be in a show here, I still always am taking dance class and taking voice lessons and trying to keep auditioning and, and just keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I've been trying to get into an on-camera class forever, which is a never-ending struggle because they're always full as soon as you get on the wait list. And it's just like, this is a never-ending thing. Um, so that's a goal of mine that I've been really wanting to do. But I also I also hope to get to play a role of my own, um, whether it's regional, whether it's commercial, whatever. Um, that's ultimately a goal of mine and will continue to be a goal of mine. Um, which is always tricky because I, I love to dance and dancing is such a huge part of um, what I think makes me me. Um, but often when you're a good dancer, you you get put in sort of a category of like being a great ensemble member who can cover because not everyone can dance. And so it's a valuable skill. Um, so that's that's always like a tricky balance, I think, of having the aspirations to want to get to play a part of your of your own and getting to be an actor. Um, but also knowing where you fit in the business and knowing what assets you have and and wanting to work consistently. Um, so that's something that I'm still figuring out to this day is like trying to um, be picky on projects, but at the same time also not wanting to run out of money <laughs> and, you know, take the work where you can get it, especially because I'm only 25. So, you know, I'm at a point where I'm still trying to just build 
the credits and gain the experience and um, make the connections and and trust that the right you know the right part the right project whatever is down the road and whether that happens right away or whether it happens much much later on um, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to trust that the universe will guide me there yeah. the way it has so far just gotta keep putting the work in yeah absolutely alright Ben well thanks for being on the podcast uh, what can we be looking out in the future for you should we come see you in Frozen now is there anything afterwards in the future that might be happening like what's going on with you yeah so I'm in Frozen for the next five weeks uh, full time in the ensemble every night and then I actually start this new musical called Only Human which is going to be playing off Broadway um, I'm one of two ensemble members and I'm going to be understudying the two young male leads. And so we open in October and then we run through January, um, at St. Clement's, I believe. Um, so yeah. So See, look at that. You super... were, you were looking to progress all this time. You had that little cat in the bag and now, uh, super pumped. okay, yeah. cool. Congratulations. Thanks. All right. So everyone come check that out and, uh, just look at the details on the podcast for all the places you can follow Ben and, uh, see more stuff about Go For The Stage. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.